All right, here we are. You're going to find out there's something about Fez that is different today. Is it a polka dot shirt? What is it? You're going to find out. It's fun. Also fun winning. And last week, this is the bookend, so we're going to keep this one simple. It was your last chance to get the NFL as a standalone for the cheapest rate. You will be able to get it from here on. It sold great. So we said, hmm, what this week? AJ, who came up with this, said, I think maybe college. I think he was right. This is the last chance to get the early bird. Anything important, Fez? I just turned this off. It's not possible. I've been drinking tonight. <laughs> oh, there you go. Ruin there, the surprise. There's a surprise. But listen, when you're drunk, how can you know to keep That's a surprise? True. Let's just say this. It's, uh, it's troubling later. All right. It's off, he says. Now, here's the deal. $549 gets you all the college if you're not listening to this. You get $50 more off. Now, how do you do that? You use the coupon code COLLEGE50. C-O-L-L-E-G-E 50. That's a five and a zero. It takes 50 bucks off. It takes you down to $4.99. So for less than a nickel, you get the entire college football season from week zero to the national championship, which Michigan will not win. You know, the more I hear about this Michigan stuff, the, the worst. Because someone made a great point. And I told you maybe to look into this, AJ. If the high state guy makes a 40, what, six yard field goal, they're the national champions, probably. I don't think I don't think they have much trouble in that championship game. Would you agree? Against TCU? Yeah. I would say probably not. So how different would things Bold be? Bold statement. If the if the high state what well, I mean, the team of high state would have beat just won seventy to seven. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I thought Yeah, no, it wasn't big. I mean, who knows, right? But oh, we but, know. Well, we know, we know. Well, you would have thought that against Michigan. Yeah. But somehow you guys have Michigan again over high state. You think they're going to beat the Buckeyes three years in a row? I do. Yeah. Cheaters don't win. Sometimes they do. Now, maybe not long term. Short term, they can. Buckeyes catching three in the big house. I think the Harbaugh might be going to the big house with all this <laughs> cheating in a different big house. All right. Now, who's won? Somehow, I don't know if Fez goes in here. Now, here's something interesting. You don't know how many of these handicappers to list, right? I mean, are you going to list one? You're going to list two? You're going to list three? I try to list three. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. How many are you going to list? I'll let you know if I have a question. Okay. What do you say, Fez, in general, when you're deciding how many of your trends or your, your win streaks to add? It's just going to be what's the general number plus is there a big drop off? Like you're not, let's say if the third one is going to be like five, two, and one, you're not going to talk about it. Yeah, some yeah. point of demarcation. Exactly. So I look at this and somehow Fez is first when it comes to who did well as pros last year in college football. And Fez, it comes up number one, 45 units in college football last season alone. That's almost 100 units. Well, about half of 100 units. Then, Stephen Nover. He drops down, but he's at 29, almost 30 college football units. Then, the guy who wrote it, A.J. Hoffman. You're thinking, great. So, Feds is at 44.9. Nover, 28.5. Hoffman, 13. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be one maybe you just keep two? 
Maybe you don't need the third one. Well, but if I'd done that, I think you would have said, well, "What was your college last year?" And here's what's it. Oh, so the, was how many people were ahead of you? None. Okay, so it and, wouldn't have been about. So and you AJ, didn't put it because of that, and, and, you put it because you wanted to be on the list. And AJ had the his, his first two years. No one won more than him in college. So football. no, no, that's the key to this. If he, yes. if he was smart, he would have said, "Okay, last year was 2022. <laughs> year before that, 2021." I had the best college football results of anybody at pregame.com documented. And you know what? The year before, just like Feds went back-to-back, I went back-to-back. It's like the three straight winning years, number one, number one, and seemingly plus 12 units. But all we get is the plus 11 units. See, mutual funds, like when they have the better three-year and the five-year moving exactly. average, they fact, never they list the one year with the short-term sample. The long-term sample is more significant. And they time their buys in magazines to when their bad quarter goes off the five-year or off the three-year, and then they start promoting. Yeah. So how's this sound? <laughs> Why don't you get out your little notebook, put on your glasses, find what your record was those two years, and then in the second pod, because we already taped the first one, you can tell us at some point. I'll do my best. Y- you think you can maybe do that? I think I could do that. Yeah. But all that was standing. Fez, great selection, Nova, et cetera, et cetera. And all you do, pregame.com, buy picks, you click, you do what you want with the package, but then you got 50 smackaroonies waiting to be taken off. That's college 50 on to the show. I got two words. Fez is drunk. That's the episode, and it's true. Fez, tell us about it. Yeah, so Bet Bash is yeah. in Vegas. You were down there. You went down for the, uh, the what was it, the opening ceremony? Open, open bar, opening ceremony, did Bar Canada, eh? And now, the did, they ha- did they have like flags and people? I mean, was it? There's a lot of Canadians. Okay. A lot of them. Interesting. And how, how much did you drink? Because you are noticeably intoxicated. Two. Two six packs. It was an open bar, and you drank 12 I, I, I You know I'm a lightweight. <laughs> I asked for apple martini. They, the, 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 the girl rolled her eyes, and she's like— The girl rolled her eyes. She's like, no, that's not available. It's like, we can get you a mixed drink. So I did a Jack and Diet Coke, and then someone else—it's an open bar. It's it would have been funny if they said, here's a Shirley Temple. And then someone actually bought me a drink, even though it's free. He bought me— But you took it. Oh, I took it. He brought, he, what, did he, what did he buy you? Another Jack, another Jack and Diet oh, Coke. Okay. He didn't go buy, get me an apple martini like I would have liked, but yeah. By the end of this episode, I will tell a two-minute story about the last time Fez was drunk, and it was very uncomfortable. It, and it, let's just say this: it was sexual. Oh no. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. At the end of the episode, you'll get that. First, though, we are talking a bunch of NFL, and specifically Week One, full first full week of the preseason. And, Fez, we got some big line moves. We've got some observations. I have a contrarian thought on all these moves. And then we got the famous Baltimore Ravens. Harbaugh, I don't know if you know this, they're bullies. Just as a family, the dad was a bully by all accounts. I don't know if he has any other brothers. I assume they're bullies, but I know they, the two known horribles. Yeah, you don't take Rutgers plus 33 against Michigan. No, they're no. bullies. And to me, that stuff, it comes back to get you. You know, why are you winning preseason games like this? And you know why? Because? He smells. They're just problematic people. 
Now it could be it could be that I'm a Steelers fan and an Ohio State grad, and the Harbaugh's and I are in conflict. But I try to be impartial. Clearly. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. Do, is anything I'm saying? Can you disprove anything I'm saying? I cannot disprove how many national the odor cha- that comes off of the Harbaugh's. <laughs> exactly. How many national championships do the Harbaugh's have combined? Let's see. see Michigan zero. is zero. Exactly. Yeah. And they played each other for a Super Bowl, which you got to eliminate that. Because if, if one of them got to get it, how do you give them credit <laughs> for that? So I don't think they've won anything, really. I think that game was fixed. Hmm. They turned the lights out in the middle, in the middle I mean, of it. Like I say, I mean, <laughs> it was fixed. So we'll that get, means the Hall of Fame game was fixed. Well, we should just, think we, about it. We should just start with that. This Ravens team is, you got the numbers, 23 and 0. Mm-hmm. Their last 24, no, the last 23 <laughs> preseason games are 23 and 0. But that means they're really only 23 and 1. Exactly. Joe DiMaggio is the same thing. <laughs> now, 19 3 and 1 is w- what we got. Some people less accurate say 20 and 3, but that's ATS, and that's by 10 points plus a game. So Against th- the spread. So that means like 240 points they've outscored the spread during this run. That's not random. No, but what happened in the opener here, right? Everyone's been talking about this for years now. And the bookies go, uh, hum-dum-dee-dum. And they open up seemingly at a line that didn't really account for this. And what was the opener? Baltimore three, minus three, minus It was in minus between 15, three and a half. Yeah. Minus 20, yeah. So three and change. Yep. And it went up to what? Six. How quickly? Slow. So slow boat to China. It's like every like. Every, so that tells me that's not as sharp then. Yes. Because usually the sharp move is going to happen in a big chunk. And like every six hours, I look at I look at the odd screen, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, Baltimore's four. Why didn't I lay three? And then it's like, oh, Baltimore's five. Why didn't I lay minus one seventy five? I mean, like literally, I'm beating myself over this. Huh. Well, maybe because the the minute it came off the best number, you weren't going to play. Well, I should have. What, what what well let me ask you if it goes up two more points should you play it here if it goes up two more yeah. yes but not one more you're okay. right you're right because again the very fat i mean how many times do you see in a week how the market isn't as efficient as we try to act like it is all the time I mean, the famous story of the college basketball games that open a total that's like 30 points off because they transpose some numbers. Yeah, they and, do came. We were doing the, we were doing the local show. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so we're doing it. Was, it was the, tell that story. Yeah, so it's quickly. the Atlantic 10 game. Duquesne is like run and gun, so their total should be like 148. But like the, This the, is like, what, seven years ago? Seven years ago. But the Dayton game was above it, and Dayton was slow. And so they made, like, they made the Dayton game 128, and then they made the Duquesne game. 128 when it should have been 148 and it, did it go right to 148 no it was like every hour it went up another two points like slowly 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 so co- completely inefficient market to what you were saying now some people would say well the close is what's supposed to be efficient then it's like okay well you're telling me if i bet at midday and it's, it goes up 14 points you know let's say some of the 20s already been done I, listen the collective IQ is the best opinion you can have on these games, no doubt. But the best opinion isn't always an efficient opinion. So I yes. agree in general. At close, whatever that number is, is going to be the best opinion you can get, even better than Billy Walters, over the course of all the games. 
meaning in any one game Billy has a strong opinion on, I'm going to take that over the market generally because he moves the market massively, big markets, or he used to allegedly, whatever. Okay. But otherwise, which means really no case really because Billy's such an exception, I'm going to look at the close and say that's my best guess on what this game is going to turn out to be. But it doesn't mean it's super accurate or super efficient. I agree. And even Super Bowls. You know, we can talk about several Super Bowls that were just completely wrong. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the randomness of the game. You know, it's not a round ball. It can bounce a lot of ways. I'm talking about is it fundamentally was the wrong line. Right. I, well, I think the narrative can be completely wrong, though. Like, like example, Denver, the Broncos got crushed in all the Super Bowls. So then when they played Green Bay, that, that spread was like 11, remember? Mm-hmm. And it made, it made sense that it would be 11 because everyone was like, oh, Denver always, and now we always get smashed in the Super Bowl. But that was the Terrell, Owens, Terrell Davis team that could run the ball, and it was completely fundamentally different than all these crappy other Denver teams. If anything that doesn't make logical sense affects the line, it's by definition— and inefficiency, mm-hmm. right? So, I like the way you said that. So to me, I don't want to discount. If anything, if this was 30 years ago, well, I wouldn't have been around, but <laughs> I would be saying like efficient market theory, closing line value, because it's it wasn't part of the the normal betting dialogue. Now it's so prevalent, and there's almost like a there's almost like a mafia type. You know how the Bills Mafia scares a lot of media people? Like, I don't want them coming after me. It's like, they come to your house? Oh, no, no, on Twitter they'll come after You know, it's like, that's kind of goofy. But there's almost like a CLV mafia yes. that if anyone says anything against CLV that somehow they got to get hung at the stake. I don't, I don't think you get hung at the stake, but something bad, <laughs> burnt at the stake. And you know what? I'm going to make a point every week to say something anti-CLV. I'm a fan of it, just not as much of a – I'm not a zealot. I think it's it's a great point where we've gotten to a point where, like, a lot of people are saying, well, one guy hits 50%, 100 plays, hits 50%, but he has great CLV, like, on average, two and a half mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. Another guy goes 65 and 35, but he only has, like, half a point of CLV. And a lot of people are like, well, who's the better – you know, long term. Personally, I think the guy was CLV in that case. Yeah, but 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 it's an interesting argument because at some point, well, you know, you stack enough W's up, you know, he's like, well, you know what, <laughs> you know, it, it See, ultimately is about winning, and if I'm getting some CLV and, and I'm winning, I mean, it's not as clear take, cut. Let's take a minute. I agree that 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 things can get less obvious, but I don't know if there's any time. That over the course of many, many games, that CLV isn't maybe the most important thing over many, many games. But over an individual game or in specific markets that are illiquid, like props, most props in any sport, really, in NFL even, I don't think that – here's what you got to know is if someone is on the internet releasing a game and the line moves multiple points – how how efficient could that market be? Like, by definition, they're not moving on the money. Yeah, the, There's not that much money being bet. I mean, like, literally, if you think, how much would it take? That's an interesting question. How much would it take you, without being a face, so you're just betting the money, you're a normal account, how many, how many dollars would it take to move an NFL line one point on a side the week of the game? You know, regular season, it's a second week, it's Thursday. You want to move two hundred fifty thousand. All right, so spread around 
250,000, you think you move. Now, if you agree with that? It sound about right. I don't I, I don't you know, it's been a while since I bet a quarter million on a game. <laughs> so, but so, but here's what I would say. If you went to each individual book and said how much is it going to take there to move the line? A point, and then you add up all the books on the screen. It's going to be a lot more in a quarter. I, I agree, but 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 they're going to they're going to see. They're it. moving on air. That's right, and that tells you right away how efficient can that be, mm-hmm. right? Because the good bookmakers are saying we don't move on air. It takes a bet for us to you know like like a, 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 it's interesting. I don't know if Circa moves on air at all, but usually those good bookmakers don't. I saw it's information. Great, I saw a great video on this where someone was he talked about the big four mm-hmm. and he says he says you know all these other books are out there, but bottom line is you know you're firing you you can fire against Circa, Pinnacle, Bookmaker, and Bet Online. He says these are the so few. Bet Online's made the big four. Yeah, those, that's his big four. All right, and mm-hmm. he says yeah you can pick up your ten dimes here or there or the other place. But he was saying those four you can get down like it was exactly this question, and so you can get down fifty thousand here and twenty five thousand here. Just On the NFL it. side. Yeah, of it. yeah, and it's like it's like a hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay. So, and then everybody moves. On, on air. And I think this Ravens game, I'm not, all I can see is I think the opener didn't acknowledge the, the, here's the thing. I don't know who's got a model in the preseason that's public. I don't think anyone does that tells you what these lines even should be. I agree. So if they opened Baltimore six, I think they would have went to eight. I, I agree as well. You know, I'm, I'm, it, it, uh, I'm, I'm infuriated by this because I wanted to bet Baltimore, and some one of my experts told me, be careful, Fez. Last year, they won those games. But, they, but did they tell no you what, sti- the num- what the true number was on this game? No. They See, told that, me, but they told me last year that, like, statistically, that Baltimore played, like, equal against their opponents, pretty close I to equal. I got that. I mean, yeah. in three games. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I think that they couldn't help but be focused on I mean— if you win 23 in a row and you've had multiple injuries because you seemingly try so hard in the preseason, I mean, that Dobbs, who apparently has played like 10 games in his career, <laughs> and now he's set, he, you know, somehow he wants a new contract. I mean, I think he's an example of how these contracts are guaranteed in many ways. But uh, he got hurt in the preseason. Now, I'm not saying it was because they were trying so hard, but let's be honest, when someone gets hurt the next day in practice after preseason game with Baltimore, how in the heck do we know if the effort that was a little extra in that preseason game led to the injury that you know two days later? It's a great point. What were the was it Josh Jacobs got like twenty carries in a preseason game? Well, no. Remember, right. he got a bunch of carries in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. Last year. yeah, they didn't pick up his fifth year option, so he was like fodder out there. Right, and now he had, probably had the league to, and he led the league in rushing. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he still couldn't get a contract. Nope. If preseason Kennedy would have been MVP. AJ, when you were out, Fez, in one of your vacations, AJ was going like, I just. I just want there to be a fair resolution for these running. I just want fairness. Have you figured anything out yet? No. It's just unfair? It, I, I'm not going to change your mind. on The fact that, that kickers make more on average than running backs, if you think that's normal. They're then more that, important. Yeah, I guess so. Well, see, that's so deceiving. There's 32 kickers in the league, and they're going, what, four deep at running back? The starting running back makes more than the starting kicker. Yeah. Right? So that's— But then what gets calculated when it's time to do, uh, when it's time to do a franchise tag? It's a top—no, no. The, the franchise tag is the top five at the position. So is the, is the running back actually below the kicker on top five? I got to double check. I don't think I won't... so. No. You know, take a look. Take a look. Okay. Um— so what do you do at this point in this Baltimore game? Well, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to bet Philly right at post. 
Um, it's at six. I think it's going to keep going up, and seven's my magic so, number. So what? Now, so you're you're not playing at post. You're playing at post if you can get seven. That's right. That's right. Or I'll play it at six if it drops down to five because the, all the information I have in the game is neither team's playing their starters. And Philly, does, but the, the bad part is Philly don't, don't doesn't care about preseason at all, and they did lousy last year. So I'm not. It won't be a big bet because um, this is a. I want to fade Baltimore, but I don't want to back Philly. Okay. But you're going to be playing both sides if they have a spread of a point. At six, you lay it. At seven, you take it. Uh, you might be cutting it a little close. Real, real close. Razor thin. <laughs> so rethink that. What I mean, well, I'm which not side do you like more? I like the plus seven. Okay. Yeah. So plus seven, you're taking. You're not laying six. I'm not laying six. Be, I, I agree. I like you're not laying six there. Um, By the way, special teams falls into its own tag. Mm-hmm. It is the bottom. Mm-hmm. Running back is right above it. Tight ends and safeties make more than running. What's changed? (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are. Oh, we didn't do a full announce. AJ Hoffman, Steve Fezzik, drunk. You're you're sounding okay for being, but he's going, I'll lay six. (laughs) I'll take seven. You should have heard me 50 minutes ago. (laughs) Scott Seidenberg and Mackenzie Rivers behind the glass, locked away. We got some special guests here. We'll tell you about them later when I find out. I, now, is this the crew that has a? I'm remembering Mary told me about this a long history of like serious betting. Am I remembering this right? Uh, serious betting or serious competing? Competing. Okay, okay. See, I'm going to get the story. I'll, I'll follow you. But this is one I was actually anxious. I heard about this maybe what you guys said this up maybe five weeks ago, like about a month ago. Yeah, so I heard about it and I go, oh, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. So we'll uh, get a little tidbit there. Uh, and. Don't let Fez offend you at this point, okay? <laughs> Too late. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I got to say, a couple weeks ago, we had that firefighter, really nice guy. He's at Bed Bash. I ran into him. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Nice guy. But, you know, he looks like— Oh, no, it's a different firefighter. Fez, Fez, Fez. He, <laughs> Jeez. He, uh, I'll, I'll score Drunk. <laughs> But he looked like a guy that probably was in a fraternity growing up, right? I mean, he looked a little jockish, a little, you know, yeah. So we've done this pod for, what, almost 10 years? We've never once had a naked picture or anything up on the screen like that. Like, why would we, right? Though, again, I told the famous story at ESPN here. There was a guy that was producing a show at night. I was doing something with, well, it was my show, and it was the first show I ever had. And he would surf porn the whole show it was like he'd look at like 300 different pictures and i'm like it's that the, the monitors in my view doing the show <laughs> it was crazy not I, distracting at all then it was interesting i was saying who's he stopping for and it's like it was like these women that looked like they had like 18 operations they had like i mean it was crazy let's just say el natural was not his look mm, yeah but anyway, somehow the con- I think Mackenzie brought us into some conversation about it. So we went up and said, throw that up there. I wanted to make sure it was the right thing. And someone goes to the fellow and says, uh, he says, well, this, you know, you're okay with this, right? And he actually shakes his head, goes, no, no. He goes, I'm, I'm really, tr- I'm really uh, not upset. He said, I'm really having anxiety or something. And it's like, how, what was the odds that the, <laughs> that the one guy, the one time in 10 years, we probably the one guy that would, you know, which, again, I respected. It was just bad luck. And Fez started, like, groveling. He said, oh, we're sorry. We're so-. I go, no, we're not really sorry. We just we made a mistake. We're done. You know, like, we took, we took it right down. Scott was taking some notes on. Well, yeah. 
What, what, what movies? <laughs> well, he, you know, like you mentioned, since apparently two weeks ago, he put on a few pounds because he has a girlfriend. Now he's now today Fez comes in drunk and goes, you know, your arms are looking big. So, I mean, trying to was, bring it back. Yeah, I, it, yeah, was yeah, it was an yeah. obvious kiss. Yes. Up move. Yeah. All right. So they that's look good. <laughs> that's how you know Fez is drunk. Scott, well, remember at the end, you look extra handsome tonight, I'm thinking, Scott. I'm, I think about going parasexual. I just found out that term. Is that like someone shaped like a pear? Yeah, you pretty much like everyone, no matter what, no matter what Is gender. Is it para or pan? That's pan. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Wayne Brady was in the news. He's like Mr. Brady. <laughs> <laughs> On the show, not in real life, because he was pretty wild in real life, I heard. But, <laughs> I mean, that's the rumor. I don't know. I wasn't there. All right. Here's why I like fading Baltimore, but I don't. So meaning I do lean that way, but I'm not going to do it. Because the line has been piecemeal, little chunk, little. And that means that everyone, oh, look, oh, look, it's moved. We better get on it. And thus it moves a little bit more than the next person thinks that. And since we know that a lot of the duct tape shoe guy, well, they're not really duct tape shoe guys. That was the name I gave people who won like 20 years ago. We all think about the same couple guys. And and they haven't won for like 10 years, so they can't get new shoes, so they have to duct tape them together to still have their dress shoes. Yeah, that's a good name. That, that's not these guys. This is the – they've yet to go, go broke for the first time. Now, i got to come up with something better than that. But This feels like the Ravens fading the Ravens, Ravens in the preseason feels like something you would want to do because you like to go against whatever the narrative – you want to be contrarian to what everybody's saying – and I figured if there's anybody who's going to go against the Ravens, because I can't do it. Like, there's no freaking way. I'm I, who when, the first time the Ravens lose a preseason game, I'll probably lose money. <laughs> so, but a guy like you, I figure you just keep firing at it until you get one. Here's why. Great question. The narrative has a real legitimate point. How much is it worth if Baltimore has the ball down two with three minutes left in the fourth? How much more inclined are, or how much more likely are they to score than they would have been if there was no streak? I think significantly more, more likely. I agree. And thus, this means something. Usually, narratives are meaningless. Yeah. Right? So, to me, I don't know how to quantify how much it means. They're all going to come into this game even more motivated. You know that Harbaugh screaming, you know, spit flying. Who knows what? He's screaming, saying, we don't lose here in the preseason. You think this is, you know, it's all kind of crap like that. It's like you lose every playoff time you're in it, but okay. I don't know. I, I think that the line movement itself tells us the story. This is not a super sharp move, as big as it is. But I think it's probably the correct move. I would love to lay three mm-hmm. minus 15. All right. We've got four other moves well, real of significance. Quickly, 4 p.m., Standalone game. You know I love those those what do I call those singleton games? So at four PM on Saturday night, second to last game, and it's the only game in town. Now that's gonna bring out the square balls to lay it late with Baltimore. That's interesting. Now the, the the people who put together the schedule in the TV schedule understand understood that streak. Oh, absolutely. See, that's that's what you and I would do, right? Yeah. Okay. So um I mean I kick Harbaugh out of the league, but that's different. Okay. We got four big moves. Green Bay. The current favorite, before the move, it was a minus one. They were minus one. There was a strong move to three. Now, remember, three, the most key number in the NFL. And now it's trickled to four and a half. Taping late Tuesday after Fez is drinking. Okay. 
these all moves are very similar, so I'll do them quickly. Cleveland opened as a one-and-a-half-point dog. They went to pick them. Then they moved to three. Denver opened a two-and-a-half-point favorite, three-and-a-half-point favorite after the first big move. Now it's five-and-a-half. So in every case, a significant after effect after the first move, a lingering move. And then finally, Carolina, two-and-a-half as a dog. Pick them. Now three-and-a-half as a favorite. Fez, this feels to me that let's think about this. You're part of the syndicate in this hypothetical that's that's uh, busting these virgin numbers, right? You're hitting it at one in the Green Bay game. When do you stop betting? Now. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is oh, when you're betting happening. until you either have the, 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 the crack you want at it, you have your chunk, however you want to call it, or it moves to a point where you think there's not value left. Right. In general, if it's pick them. I stop betting minus two and a half. I don't well, go but, to three. But, but, but Fez, you're assuming that you only think you have, like in the preseason, they, they might think they have a six-point edge. Yeah, and I'm probably underestimating. But, but because you look at the Green Bay Cincy, it's the perfect storm. So you've got Burrow with the calf situation. Well, he wasn't going to play week one anyway. Yeah, but think about that. Your, your quarterback already got hurt in practice. So what do we not want to have happen? Anybody else to get hurt. So now you're, ah, you err. Oh, yeah, else. I think so. And I think you, you err on the size, the, the side of because, caution. Because he tweaked his calf, they're, they're going to play their DBs differently. It's a reminder. Don't play anybody don't important. So. You don't think so? No. Really? Maybe they're going to be conservative with their quarterback. Or so quarterbacks. It, yeah, yeah, so it's Cincinnati, yeah. who, you know, who who's supposed to play in that game at quarterback? Because if the second stringer's supposed to play, I think they run the ball more maybe. Simeon mm-hmm. and Browning. Second, so Simeon's the second stringer? Yeah. Okay. So I might – now, can you bet uh, first quarter preseason and stuff like that? Um, usually the day of the game they'll put up first quarter. What do you think of Cincy under in the first quarter? Or, or, or the whole game under the first – I mean, what I'm saying is – or maybe Cincy under in the first half. It strikes me that if there's any phenomenon, it's going to be protect the backup quarterback. Yeah, the problem is Green Bay's going to want to make Jordan Love look good. So they're going to – they might script out a drive. I like yeah. Green Bay first so quarter. So Jordan Love's playing how long? They don't know. Green okay. Bay is playing their start. Right, so so he's playing I don't know how long. So you're saying – now this is interesting – because the move went from one to four and a half, right, in the Packers. Yes. And now it's four and a half with some extra vague. Okay. Now, that move is pretty much with the starters playing. So, like, if we look at the first half, is it going to be like the NBA zigzag where it's going to be like a six-point move in the first half and then it's going to be like two points against it in the second half? That's, you know, it probably should – it won't be, but it should be, So do I we think. maybe look at all these moves and look to play them in the first half and fade them in the game? I think you look at it case by case specifically, uh, but in this, but in this one, yeah, well, no, they're all different. But, well, let's I, I, look at on. it then. We know the game. So. Yeah, yes, in this case, Green Bay absolutely. I like Green Bay first quarter, and that that would be my best way to play it in first half because I think it becomes random. But in the if we're half. looking, but if we're looking to fade the move because it's trailed on, we do that for the game, and then we do a quasi hedge by playing the moving team positively in the first quarter. That's right. That's interesting because that. it doesn't feel like they're going to be splitting up the move properly between the different especially the, of the opener game. when they pop that first half and first quarter. You mm-hmm. know they're just going to take, they're going to follow the normal you know formula. I like that's strong. I, I, like that. I think it is. Yeah, let's think about this. I mean, no, do I don't know how big the market's going to be, and I don't know when they come up. I don't recall you know on on the preseason how when these first quarters come up, but I know I remember betting them last year. I don't know about quarters in preseason, but the halves do come up. Definitely the halves, yeah. but I think the quarters are I'm up. fine with the half. Yeah. Yeah, I almost like the half. 
because there is going to be the effect of the second stringer is going to play later. You know, that same lingering effect to some degree, or, or uh, I guess second order effect to some. And degree. Green Bay wants Love to look good. They, you know, absolutely. Here's my question about preseason. Like I, I think back to high school wrestling, and we would do these scrimmage tournaments before the season would start. And we had a good wrestling team, so when we'd do these scrimmages, the varsity guys would never wrestle. We'd wrestle against bad teams, and their varsity guys would wrestle because they've got something to play for. Mm -hmm. Like, they want to get ready for the season. They weren't as worried about getting hurt. Like, my team was worried. There were high school wrestlers worried about getting hurt? Well, coaches were worried about getting their guys hurt during exhibitions. You were wrestling? Yeah. I've never seen a wrestling coach I ever thought about. It. They, the wrestling coaches, like, it seems like they usually cause the kids to go to the hospital from dehydration. Like, they're usually not like doing load management. I, maybe they maybe they weren't thinking about injury risk. I, I guess I don't know. But like, you, my, know, how, you know, wrestling coaches are crazy. Yeah, mine was certainly. exactly. Were you, you were think like it was your pondering injury risk? Were you like <laughs> one forty five or something? No. Why do you care about everyone's weight? Sorry. <laughs> do you get any pictures of you in your single? Yeah, I do. <laughs> But my thought was, like, is this something where Green Bay, because Green Bay knows that they're not going anywhere this year. No, they don't know. They have what? a great chance to win the division. Well, aren't they picked to win to finish last in their they're division? Supposed oh, second to, last they're supposed to win seven and a half games. Yeah, they have a chance to win that division. I yeah. think they have a good chance. Here's the thing. These, I've got them in our draft. So, Scott, we got a, a little bit of an announcement, right? The baseball show. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about something he said on that call. So announce the, the change. Yeah, we're going to be doing, uh, starting Monday, we'll have weekly episodes. Upcoming Monday. Upcoming Monday, we'll have weekly episodes with former Major League pitcher Josh Towers. will join me on the baseball pod, the Dream He's Preview. co-hosting with you yep. for every show through the World Series. Yep, and we'll obviously ramp things up as we gear towards the playoffs. But for now, we will start every Monday night. So episodes will be out on this podcast feed. This is a fellow I scouted on some other shows last year, and I said, I like a straight talker. I mean, he had a long, longish career, too. I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't just like three years or whatever. Yeah, played Toronto several years, finished Yankees, up with the Yankees, right? yeah. And then if, if you look at his Wikipedia, I noticed he spent, like after all those years in the majors, he spent like three years in like the Mexican League. So he kept, he oh. loved it. He kept going. You know, you think once you're in the majors, you yeah. play for the Yankees, then you age out of that. Usually people aren't going to the, you know, I, I can, you can look up exactly yeah, where. Yeah, I played in the Mexican League for in 2011. So that that's dedication. Yeah, I've listened to Josh several times. Very impressed with his work. So um, I'll pass it on fast. Is <laughs> All right. <laughs> nah, I just did. <laughs> also a pitching coach, well, on, so I may need to talk to him too. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He said something about, on a call we had about closing this deal, he said something about he had no idea. He goes, I was plus 350. He goes, I had no effing idea. The idea that these guys who are, let's be honest, they might have good IQs, but they aren't thinking intellectually usually. Athletes are taught to go by instinct. They're taught to do what the coach says. They're usually like Jim Bouton, the famous guy that wrote Ball Four, the first book that ever really opened up to what really happened in Major League Baseball. A great book. They talk about Mickey Mantle and Greenies. I mean, this stuff came out in like 69 or whatever it was. I read the book as a kid after. Great book. Uh, Then there was Ball Four plus Ball Five. All those you can forget about. But that first book was excellent. Um, He was an intellectual to some degree, Bouton. And he was hated for it. They like he would read, and people would say, "You can't read. You're hurting your eyes." Like literally, he'd read a novel or something, and everyone was against it. 
because it kind of maybe makes sense, right? Like Mickey Mantle didn't want to read anything. He wanted to have his eyes ready for drinking. and yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, to me, I think you saying Green Bay, you know, they're not really going to try. They figure they can't win it. I mean, I don't think there's any no, of that. I'm saying are they more willing to take chances that a team that f- feels comfortable in their position wouldn't in, in the, the preseason? preseason? Yeah. What kind of chances? Like flea flickers? Putting Jordan Love on the field is a chance they're taking. Because of injury? Yes. How do you get better at football? You, you play you practice, football. you play. Yeah. So all this, I mean. So they, they, the Bills don't want Josh Allen to be better? The Bills are He's already losers. Good. The Bills haven't won anything for a reason. Okay. The Chiefs don't want Patrick Mahomes to get better at football? He's already good. I, I, think, I think already what we see is the Chiefs have one of the hardest Hitting like one of the hardest camps. Belichick has one of the hardest camps. I think in general, this new age, let's let everyone rest. I, I just don't believe in it. I really don't. They used to have six preseason. So games. what's over under Patrick Mahomes snaps for the preseason in your mind? I think that the obvious oh, in the pre I don't have any idea, but I know 18. this. I know this is the Chiefs are going to be caring about the results. Though they don't want to risk Mahomes for whatever reason, I'm not saying there's no Jordan Love needs to get better, right? I, I don't. I mean, take I mean, you're right. Anyone can get better, but I don't think I think Mahomes has reached diminishing returns on 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 more snaps. At least he's going to need a certain amount each year, right? Meaning you can't just go into the year with nothing. I, I don't understand how football's changed so much that there used to be a full dress rehearsal in game three for every team. They would play the first half with starters and then start a drive on the second half just to get used to going in the locker room. And now hardly anyone does that. What, but Belichick still does. What's changed? <laughs> I'm not trying to be. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, Scott's got the Mahomes reps. I was uh, in game two of the preseason last year, 12 of 19, 163 yards. So he yards, had 19. In game what? Game two of the preseason okay. last year. So now that's interesting. Thank you. Scott, you're good at this. Like, whenever I need AJ to be shot down with something, you just oh. start typing on game that one, Game one, six of oh, seven. Oh, that's a lot. Of, it is a lot. I know. Oh, I didn't expect yeah. it. I see the game one is what I didn't expect. But I didn't expect him to have that many in game two. I mean, like, night, that's like a whole, you know, half. That's 19 of, pass attempts, not yeah. many snaps. Snaps yeah. is more than that, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So I think the old school guys typically – believe what they believe, you know, from the past. And let's be honest, Sean McVay's changed this. It was him yes. and then a lot of people followed it. And exactly. we, did, we did a study. Those teams that didn't play anyone when they were rare, that they suffered the first half of game one. Yeah. Just the numbers showed That's it. That's right. So I wonder, we should still look at that because it seems that, but this three-game preseason's thrown stuff off. Yes, because the schedule's, the schedule's completely different. Because it used to, be week, yeah. used to be week one of the preseason, your starters played one series. Maybe. One, yeah. Week two, it was first quarter. Mm-hmm. Week three, they played the, it was the dress rehearsal, they played the whole first half. Some coaches would like their guys to get a series in the second yeah, half I think that was so calm. they can get accustomed to coming out of the locker room, warming up, and then playing again. Yeah, sounds smart. And then fourth preseason is just to set your final 53 man oh, roster. That, yeah, that's the head to head of all, you know. Yeah. And if you look at a lot of guys, like I was looking at Harbaugh's week to week history in the preseason, and He's great in week one because mm. that's when his discretion matters more. He's going to play his starters. He more. actually has to win the. He used to have to win the the first half in the game three because the other team was yeah, trying. Everyone yeah, everyone was trying. Right. And, and then, but he has a lot of week fours because obviously that just changed. And he was like break even a week. It's a great point. So 
and handicappers that historically have done well in the preseason all almost all struggled in week four. No one knew how to handicap. Yeah, because no one was playing. It was guys that weren't even going to make the team. You think you just yeah. take the dog in that case. But I don't know. You but know everyone's, no everyone's playing for their jobs. I just remember week three used to always be like the Jets and Giants would play in week three. Mm-hmm. And that was like it was it was a real game. Like, they, they tried. They wanted to win. It was important. And now it's the final preseason game, and it's all four I, stringers and guys that aren't going to be well, on the Some people say, make the second yeah. game the dress rehearsal. Some make it. Yeah. I don't remember, think there's a bye after the third game. Yeah. That's a great point also. So now all of a sudden we can play our starters, you know, so they don't get too rusty in a series or two in, in, in the third game potentially. All the moves the NFL has done to protect the players in theory – has hurt the fringe players. They don't have their fourth preseason game to, to, to do something great, right? Because yeah. there's players that's done something great in that game that had an eight-year career that if they didn't, they might not ever be in the league. Victor Cruz. Victor Cruz and the New York Giants had a phenomenal game against the Jets in the preseason, and he was a nobody because of his performance in that game, got on the roster and turned into one of the best wide receivers for the Giants during their during their runs. The Remember sal- the, the salsa, the salsa guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also he wasn't going to be on the team. If I recall, he also was a guy on Ballers as a as a featured guest. You would know. I, th- I mean, I remember because at one point he was getting a tattoo, and then he would try. Was he to... in your trailer? No, it was a different episode. But it was it was um, it was funny because I think he was out of the league hmm. after that. Like he he's been in the league for a couple of years. Yeah. Been a yeah, while. he dropped off fast, though, right? Yeah, he had that, yeah, he had like a short burst. But he probably set himself, hopefully, set himself up for life. His family, you know, who knows, a generation or two, all off of maybe just that game, right? So I, I, and all the lack of hitting now at practice and the less practices. Who do you think's getting the snaps? It's not the guys battling for that fiftieth yeah. spot. It's it, you know, so you know, but again. It's, by all accounts, there's more soft t- – I'm not an expert on injuries, but they're saying that a lot of this stuff that they thought they were preventing hits, it was more that these players are more susceptible to injury now because they don't have the uh, calluses built up for the soft tissue. And again, mm. I'm not a tr- – I mean, AJ, you've had three knee surgeries. Does that make any sense? Yeah. That just in general, if you're getting banged on a little bit, it's, you know, toughen you up. Yeah. Okay. That's why Fez gets on you about handicapping. He just wants to keep He's you sharp. Char- He's sharpening me. He wants yeah. to keep you sharp. Makes sense. Even though you beat him and me last year in the NFL. It's a whole new year. And then, well, we know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxious. For, I don't know if you've noticed. I've been playing you up because I want you to be confident. I'm confident. I want you to be bold. What do you put this year, five picks a week, you know, NFL season, what do you put your odds up, heads up against me? No, no spread. It's just whoever has the best record. Like you think a, you're minus one thirty on the five four three two one scale. Yeah, yeah. You're minus one thirty, one forty. I'm no. What do you think? Plus one eighty. <laughs> That's high. Oh no, it's not. He's he's probably okay. right. <laughs> no, one season is. You know, we saw last year. What's the odds of him beating both of us again? Chris Moneymaker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he made millions. We still know his he name. Just, speaking of which, he just made $3 million. How? He was playing in some like European tournament with a big buy-in, and he finished sixth. Yeah, he's lost a lot of money in between, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always he, liked him, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. He played 2-5 all the time at the Bellagio when he was there. Like, he's, he, I give him credit. You're Chris Moneymaker. You think he'd be tempted? No, he was playing I played, I played against him in Poker Stars. He was playing 2-5 and 5-10. Yeah. 
uh, on poker stars because on, online yeah. I, I was never an online player in general those limits like 510 equates or let's say 25 equates a lot lower online right um because most people yes. are multi-tabling okay. yeah yeah that's that, that's a big game online okay so these other games fall into a similar oh no we went through the games so do you agree in general that the first chunk of the move that comes all at once because we were talking wh- when was this when would the syndicate stop it would be when the line moves so much they don't think there's value anymore, or they've got their full allotment. They got their full bet in. They might have wanted a hundred thousand, one hundred fifty thousand, whatever. So the, yeah, this is really strong. So the, the the it isn't just oh you know do we make this bet? It's a fifty three and a half percent bet. They're like well if we hadn't bet it yet, yeah we're gonna better we're gonna bet fifty thousand at a fifty three and a half percent bet. But if we've already bet a hundred thousand and we're a syndicate and we've got like a million and a half to throw around. You know, we, we, we've already we've already got down what we want. We don't need to, you know, gamble with this bet. We're already down a hundred thousand. But usually, there, I tell you, Fez, from what I've experienced, the syndicates are looking at it with the Kelly criterion or whatever variation of that, where they're saying, "Is this a fifty-three and a half percent bet?" Well, that means our ROI is X, and we want that. It does feel like there's less touchy feely. You know, sure, this is the- called this is called portfolio theory. There's all, I mean, there's books that are 700 pages long all about how do you allot your resources with correlated risk. And, and, and I mean, again, the Kelly stuff, if you look at the book that Kelly came from, it's like a 500-page book with just math formulas. I have not read. I have it. But it's like, I don't think they're saying, you know, we got a lot on this. Let's wait. You know, I, it feels well, like they're doing it with the, the Excel I, sheet. I, I agree. So the, the, what they're – and they do look at the – you're absolutely right. So they got $4 million bankroll, for instance. Boom. They bet $200,000. let us just – let us go yeah. with it. So they – and they think that's like a 55.5% bet. All right? So now they're down – okay, now we're down 5% of our bankrolls. We've already bet on this team. We bet Green Bay 5% of our bankroll. Well, now we think we got a 53.5% bet. Our ROI at that point in time is only 2%. On this bet, and they're like, but wait a minute, I've already bet 5%. There's no reason I should be betting more with such a low ROI. Kelly Criterion says, stop, move on to the next bite of the next apple. And just to be clear, because people are listening to you closely, trying the up-and-comers are trying to criticize the making name. You're kind of like uh, the outlaw Josie Wales. They're coming in. They're wanting to get a shot at you. I'll take it. Comes in. That's still. how I think of Fez, too, like the just out- so we're clear. Old Chain Lightning, they call him. But, but uh, <laughs> I love that movie. Jeez. You've seen that, right? Oh, yeah. At the very end, the kid comes in shaking. Yeah. And he stares him down. And Eastwood like, just looks at him. He walks out. He comes back a minute later and says, I had to because I understand. Boom, shoots him down. <laughs> it's one of my dad's favorite movies. Oh, I watched it, was, it a lot as a kid. It was unbelievable. And then the whole movie, at the beginning, I haven't seen the beginning since I was a kid. And I saw it recently. They mowed down all. I mean, it was like they they. It was like a, I mean, just mass killings after the Civil War. They would gather these people up that were running wild, and they just shot them. Shot hundred of them in the field, left them there. I mean, it was some real <laughs> tough justice. Whatever. I don't know whose side was. You know, like in each of those cases, obviously, you know, I sympathize with the North generally, but I think that in each case, you don't know who was right or right. wrong. And and I, you know, it seems like from this movie. The outlaw Josie Wales was part of the Confederacy, and he was getting wronged. And again, this was made in the 70, 73, I think it was. But the whole movie, they're hunting him down. The whole movie, he's killing just to survive. And then finally, the other badass of the whole movie, guy had a deep voice. He had a barrel chest. You remember with the yep. beard? What was his name? 
Oh, he, w- he went down and was hunting for Josie the whole movie. And Josie knew he didn't want to mess with this guy. Because Josie w- was the favorite, but still, this guy was tough. And then this guy shows up at the bar, at the place Josie's at, way next to Mexico. He's way down south, as Hendrix said. And <laughs> Outlaw walk, the Josie walks out just to the street to say, all right, if we're going to have it out, let's have it out here. And the guy's walking out, and he's talking because the people in the bar are saying, oh, yeah, he was through here a couple months ago. He went down to Mexico. Or, no, they actually said he got um, killed by six pistoleros is what they called him, right? And then the guy's walking out and goes, I don't believe your story. And he's like, why? He goes, there ain't no six pistoleros that would have taken out little Josie Wales. <laughs> <laughs> and so he walks out in the street. And he's standing with Josie. So now they're like, you know, gun to gun, ready to go. And the dude's, the dude's still talking. And he's saying, uh, he goes, if I ever saw him, he goes, what I would tell him was, and he went on and said uh, that the war did terrible things and everyone did wrong things, but now we got to let it go. And Outlaw looks at him and goes, I reckon so. Turns around, walks away. It's the end of the movie. <laughs> I reckon so. I love it. I uh, yeah, I can't find the guy's name. In the go movie. go to IMDb. Yep. Look at the he'll be with the fourth or fifth guy on the list, and they're gonna have a picture of him with a big face and a beard. <laughs> Guaranteed, he was good. I'd like to see what else he was in. <laughs> have you seen this? No, the only I only know it seventy six. I only know it because oh. Worm references it in Rounders when Mike McDermott comes oh, back for back. him, okay. and he's like, "I knew you'd be back." He goes. Your favorite movie, The Outlaw Josie Wells. It always doubles back for a friend. Wasn't that Butch Sun- the Sundance Kid? Wasn't that Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid? Was that movie that he referenced? I no, think. he referenced Outlaw Josie Wells. What's going on? Uh, Mackenzie's got a great quote on Jordan Love. Is this playing. about the? Is this Outlaw Josie Wells? <laughs> yes, Jordan why, Love is a why descendant. Why interrupting this story? No. Uh, okay, so wait, Mackenzie, you've been quiet. Tell us what's going on. Brian Gudenkun, speaking uh, perhaps out of turn, uh, was asked about Jordan Love, and he says he needs to play. That unit needs to play together. Of course, Matt will make the decisions, but we want to give them the best chance to grow and be ready for the season. Okay. That's, that's breaking news. They want to give him the best chance. I wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> I mean, what are we looking at? So j- just the fact they're saying he needs to play. Yeah. But we know he's going to play. The line's already moved. Yeah, yeah, but we don't know how many series he's going to play. So you're saying this leans towards more? Exactly. Is this him? Oh, yeah. Captain Terrell? Oh, no, 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 no. He was the guy that was just killing people indiscriminately. Yeah. He's a little shrimpy guy. Okay. He has a red beard. that does, It looks like he gets like... Uh, Not a hard man to track. Leaves dead men wherever he goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last outlaw line, Josie, I just call him outlaw because we're friends, is um, Eastwood. I tell you, Eastwood... He was like 55 or something when he did this yeah. movie, and he was lean. He stood like a rock straight tall. I mean, I mean, he still looked good when he remember on a uh, uh, million dollar baby, he looked good. He was like 85 or something in that movie, like 82. I think no, he, it wasn't that old. Well, look, let's see how old he was. He's like 90 now. I think it was 100 when he made the mule. Oh, he was old. Yeah, he, <laughs> he got really old. old. His crackety face got cracked. But again, he was great for his age. He's still making movies. I, he's like, I mean, listen, Woody Allen now, there's all the controversy, which has been, I guess, since the 90s in a way. It just comes and goes. But he made one movie a year for like 40 years, Woody Allen, every mm. year. And then finally it hasn't happened. Um, 
Eastwood was like that, like one movie a year for a long time. He was ninety three now. He was forty six when that movie came out. Outlaw. Oh, yeah. he he looked yeah. I he looked good. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. And they, I saw a thing on YouTube where he sat down for because he directed that movie and he sat down for an hour talking about it. And he looked like he could he could go to the bar and pull out three girls right there. I mean, he was like, <laughs> it looked like he was deadly. I mean, it was just like he had the you know the, he had the, the the Eastwood aura, you know, Dirty Harry. Some uh, IMDb. There's some great quotes from that movie where he said, "Wish we had time to bury them fellas." He said, <laughs> to, hell, need to, "To hell with them fellas. Buzzards got to eat just like worms." <laughs> <laughs> well, the one line is. He, uh, because his wife got killed at the beginning. Yep. And he's lamenting to the Indian who he's traveling with. He says, you know, people I care about, they just tend to die. And the, the Indian goes, I notice the people you don't like tend to die, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who had four minutes on the Outlaw Josie Web? <laughs> Check that off on your bingo card. Is there any of these games that you like fading more or less fast? Because we got runs on all of them. Cleveland up to three. Denver up to five and a half. Carolina up to three and a half. You know, I want to fade Denver. I mean, Arizona is just awful this year. I can't see – I don't understand why the the home team is going to just mail it in and not give, give try to give an effort with a terrible team. Uh, catching five and a half, I got to look, start looking towards Arizona. Wouldn't you agree though that because Sean Payton's kind of put his he's put his business out there, like he's he's got to come out and impress well, after what he said about Nathaniel Hackett? He doesn't have a recent history of doing well in preseason, but maybe that, I'm missing. That. No, I no, I agree with you. And remember that his last years in New Orleans, his first two games of the year, he was like they were like two and twelve over like seven years. Remember that, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he starts the season slow, which is kind of running contrary to the Denver altitude trend yeah. that we're going to have in game. Because they have both game one and two, I think. That's home. right. So that's interesting. But no, Fez is right. I was looking at the uh, – I'll, I'll pull it up as we're talking. But I was looking at the uh, results in the preseason, and there was nothing particularly impressive uh, with, with – Recently, yeah. With, De- with Sean you know, Payton. Yeah. So here's why I like – you know what this harkens back to, AJ? When I the first bet I took you for when you came to the show was the preseason. You like Green Bay, and I took Houston. Yeah. And my point was Houston's been drafted high for so long. People was thinking Green Bay Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be smoking weed somewhere, whatever he was doing mm-hmm. allegedly. And they lost. I mean, Houston just blew, crushed them. Yeah. I had some fun. Wish I could say almost had it, but I did not. <laughs> but. Isn't Arizona in a similar spot where Denver, whatever their motivations are, I don't think it's to win the first preseason game. I mean, has Arizona been particularly bad longer than Denver's been particularly well, bad? they got a new coach. So does Denver. So, but we have a history. It's, the institutions don't have preseason beliefs. It's, it's coaches. Coaches, yeah. Do, right? So I'm taking – like Parcells was the biggest win in the preseason probably in history. I mean, I guess next to Harbaugh now. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> is uh, Parcells, wherever he went, preseason became very important, right? So I think that but, – but the coach for Arizona hasn't coached before as a head coach. Right? So I don't know. Yeah. I thought you meant like from a standpoint of they've been picking high for a long time. I thought that's what you were saying. No, which, again, Arizona really hasn't been. Right. Right? And they trade – you know, this year they made a – traded one of their major yeah. picks. So I don't know. You know, one other – I, I think the Carolina line is. So let's hold to, that because I want to say one more thing about Denver. Beautiful. They hurt. They got multiple injuries at receiver, 
Okay. Remember, their first pick of the draft this year was a receiver in the second round, but it was a first. They were thick, or, or supposedly deep at receiver, but they tried to trade some guys, and now two's hurt their knee. Pat Patrick's out for the year, and one's Achilles, right? One hurt their knee. There's two of them, and I'm Cortland Sutton has a serious history of being injured. Right? Yeah, but I'm, you, you pull it out for us and we'll get the exact. There's two guys. One guy has had his second straight. Tim Patrick is that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Achilles yep. and then an ACL, or ACL and then Achilles. And I think there's one other receiver that's out. So to me, I got to think they're not going to be particularly deep there. I'm not sure they want to give a ton of reps. Maybe, just maybe, they're they're conservative. And it goes back to you. When we hit that six number, it's just back first half game type of thing. Even if they play really well and they win the first half by six, What's the second half line going to be? Pick them. You know, I, I don't even know if they're going to be favored if they're up six at halftime. Sean Payton, the preseason. We got some information here. 27 wins, 27 losses, and one push. <laughs> one and four, this last five. A lot of information. What are you no, thinking about? It's good. I mean, it just shows you he's a coin flip. Were you thinking about the running back, Javante Williams, coming back from a knee injury? <clears throat> no. So you're saying only one receiver has gotten hurt? Yeah, Tim Patrick is the guy from the Broncos that got hurt. Okay, maybe I. Hmm. Okay, might be you read that you're going to be careful with Cortland Sutton. Maybe, but mistake on my part. But again, maybe. I, name the other receivers: Marvin Mims, Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Jerry Judy, Judy. Uh, Kendall Hinton. Hmm. I, I still almost would bet I'm right, but I guess you guys are all looking at it. So Brandon Johnson. Is going to miss a week or two with an ankle sprain, but he is mm. way down on the depth chart. Okay, so who's read the depth chart? You got of that wide chart? receivers: mm-hmm. Jerry Judy, Corton Sutton, and Marvin Mims are your top three. Okay, then you got Marquez Calloway, right, Kendall right. Hinton, so, right, and Jordan enough. Humphrey. So still, the a, a guy that was. I mean, again, I made a mistake there, but still a major injury. Tim Patrick, yeah. Yeah. So. What I was thinking when he was reading that, AJ, is if only Herbert had that receiving core, who knows mm, what he could have done. Who knows? I mean, the $40 million of receivers he has wasn't good enough. That's why they had to draft one in the first round this year. Jesus. What are you feeling about them? I feel, well, I feel good about their offense. So we're going to go over the Colin Cowherd uh, herd hierarchy 10 here in a second. All right, Fed, so you're saying you like Carolina too, or, or fading Carolina. Yeah, fading Carolina. So I – I mean, I understand the money on Carolina because they announced, you know, that the Young's going to play and they're going to play their starters, and the Jets aren't going to play their starters. So, so it makes sense. Now, this is unusual. Usually, there's a long trend of if you play in the Hall of Fame game, you're better in week two. Yeah, although I looked at that or in week and one, that was the case, and like the, it's been like fifty-fifty, like the past few years. All right. Yeah, but it's the past yeah. few years yeah. isn't enough. Right, right. The um, but what I don't understand is that let's think. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame game. So money all over the Jets. Jets did not play badly. Jets had the lead at halftime. Fez had the Jets, by the way. Yeah, I, had, I bet the Jets. Um, they, they, I got screwed at the end on a bad call by the refs, so they lose. Imagine that. Robert Sala is a coach that has taken preseason seriously. He's 5-1 and one before that game where the refs robbed us, and now they're catching 3.5. I mean, at 3.5, it's a good quarterback rotation. You got Strebler coming in on the back end. I think you got to look at the Jets at 3.5. I mean, them losing that game. There is a phenomenon in the NFL that if you you want to get one, you don't want an O for 
in the in the preseason. Yes. So you see a team gets 0-2, the, you look at them, you know, there's all kind of trends of that. The 0-1 is actually real strong. The 0-1 versus the 1-0. Because people just don't want the they don't want to go into the season on a big losing streak. Because yeah. if you start losing two straight games, now it's all they're talking about. So you about. don't want to F with you that last preseason game. You don't want to be 0-2, and now it's, oh, we got to worry about winning. Let's just get a win. Yes. So, by the way, speaking of travel, because you always have your stuff where a team – they were playing night games, and now they're playing day games, and now they get you know. Which again, I think with the buy now, it's less important. I, I think that that really changed the narrative. With it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So I've done an extensive, and I mean I've spent ten hours on this mm-hmm. study, and I looked at that. This is how much of fatigue affects NFL teams. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I have five weeks back, or the current week plus four weeks back, of travel. How many miles Ooh. did they go round trip? And there's a decay on it, but still, if you traveled a bunch two weeks ago, remember the Raiders traveled a bunch. You talked about it for like a couple years. Yeah. You were talking about it a couple years ago. Um, and then how much rest they had. Because if you had like a buy and you traveled a lot, okay, no big deal. But if you have less travel, but you have one less day to prepare, how's that all balance out? Uh-huh. What do you think the average game, how much fatigue? So it's going to be team A against team B. What is the net fatigue factor in points you think there is in an average game? The impact of it? Mm-hmm. Against the spread? Yeah. Well, it's in points. It doesn't matter well, if it's against see, the spread or not. Well, you see, here's, the, here's where I struggle. Mm-hmm. Is, the, is this spread going to over-account for the situation, or does it you know, account for it properly? It doesn't matter. The question is, if you were putting together your factors in a game— Yes. What do you think you're—if you had to give for every game, what is the relative net— Advantage oh, of I the see. team. How much do you think that that value would be? Would a third be? of a point. Okay, so that's pretty close. Is over. Um, it's pretty good. Over a, a lot of data, we've got it down. And again, we've done regression and solvers on it to find the exact best way to account for it. And we've got it where the average game is 0.27 points. Jeez. So um, now, what's beautiful about that is. We got a beautiful sym- symmetrical range. The, the the games with no factor because they're even. There's a lot of zeros. There's going to be zeros, and then we figure, okay, we're going to make a half a point the extreme, and on the upside, and then then we're just going to. And Mackenzie had a good idea how yeah. to do it. We're going to line up, have a corresponding point value for each of the scores we're generating. Yeah. And uh, each game on our schedule we're going to put out, and it's going to be available to everyone for free. It's a nice printout. Is we're going to have the the fatigue factor in every game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty interesting. Do you think the market overcorrects for that or undercorrects? I think I, if it's obvious, if it's really obvious, it overcorrects. But if it's kind of more subtle, mm-hmm. it undercorrects. Would you? There's agree? about six games in which the uh, effect is massive. Yeah. So when I'm saying it's going to be a half point max, I'm going to have six games that are going to say a half point plus because it's just off the charts. Those are the ones that are interesting. Is it obvious or not? Because if it is, I think you're right. I, I haven't even looked at the ATS yet. I'm just trying to quantify the effect. I am going to get in the ATS, though. So I think like Hawaii, I know college, I think they play yeah. at Vanderbilt, and the next week they play um, back on the island. <laughs> That's a big trip. Which, Waikiki? Um, yeah, it is Waikiki, <laughs> yes. All right. Um so Carolina, you're looking to fade. I think some of it is there's going to be excitement over the number one pick. No doubt. I don't think it really matters. Well, Carolina was catching two and a half. Yeah. You know, that's lane three and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what was the news around that? Just that um, we didn't know if, if Young was going to play. 
and along with the starter. So Young and the starter is going to play. We don't know how long. All right, let's shift now. Oh, and the Jets, excuse me, the, the Jets are not playing their starters. So that is news. That's relevant, obviously. Aaron Rodgers is offered a retreat. <laughs> or, or is he going to go down and, like, stalk Sean Payton and, like, be on the sidelines? <laughs> Jesus. Keep his name out your mouth. <laughs> Somehow I'd take Sean Payton in that fight. Oh, I would, too. I mean, if it was a real, like, fight without, like, the chance to grab chairs or something, I think you got to give it to Rodgers. No. I think so. Did you see Josh Allen called— Sean Payton could have a heart attack at any time. Did you see Josh Allen called Aaron Rodgers a a cheater? Did you catch this? You agree with him, too, don't you? I do. Oh, this isn't about the COVID thing, is it? About golf. Oh. Oh. The media's not hyping it at all. Wait wait a minute. Did, did Did you have a bet on this? No, but okay. I but I, I I strongly agree. Where where? So listen, Fez is going to tell this story. I'm going to get a drink of water. So when he's done with the story, you want to start announcing the herd hierarchy and get his you. opinions. I'll be back in about 90 seconds. Fez, tell your story. All right. So Pebble Beach this has will be good. Has a handicap championship where they have one pro and they have one amateur, and the amateur gets his handicap put into the the score. And Aaron Rodgers went with a 10 handicap. Josh Allen called him a cheater. They, the Aaron Rodgers team won. He's got his name on Pebble Beach. If you go there, there it is. Aaron Rodgers, world champion with his Corn Ferry Tour partner. And uh, Josh Allen said he cheated. He's actually like a three handicap, and he claimed a 10 handicap. So that's why he won. I've done that. Uh, well, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Everybody, Everybody does anyone that. Anyone who wins who wins a handicap tournament has to cheat. That's the only way you can possibly yeah. cheat. But why? I go, no, I, I go to a golf why outing. And when scrambles take, also. Yeah. No one, why, no yeah. one who ever wins a scramble kept their score properly. Exactly. In the history of time. Exactly. It's never but, happened. But why? Why was there need for a two-time MVP to have to cheat? That's what I. That's have. a good question. It's not cheating. It's just what you do when you play golf. It's like, not. Well, yes, that's what normal people yeah. do. That's not what someone who's like a huge celebrity like, that that should be held because, to a but higher But it's not standard. what everyone does. Like, so think about this. I haven't competed in jujitsu in I don't a long time. But if I went to a jujitsu tournament and said, "Well, I'm a white belt. Sign me up in the white belt tournament," like. That's not fair to anyone. Exactly. Uh, so you agree with me. So do, when golf, I win that trophy, do I feel good about uh, it? Golf no. Is golf, golf is different because let's say if you're tracking your handicap, right, uh, you have you, you go out there and you have like two or three really good days, it's going to skew your number a bit. But that's not who you are. That's not what type he of golfer third you are. In the in the Tahoe tournament afterwards. Do you got to read there? I'm just so saying. I go out there and I I'm say. I'm trying to move it along. I say no. the highest number possible. They'll believe me. All right, RJ. Here's the, here's the herd of hierarchy. We'll count down from now 10. Now we're still talking golf. I got it quick. <laughs> One time I was on 16. No. Is, this is a great story. It was on Rosillo's podcast. There's a guy who, there was big bets. Well, there's a guy who was a tennis player. That was competing in this pro-am that was the big one. With Marty Fish, you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, he's and a very it, good golfer. Okay, so apparently on his backswing, someone screamed at him, like, on the last hole. Did you see it? screwed no. him well, up what, bad. They, they, they yell Baba Booey or something? No, I mean, it was like, he went, ah, like, uh, okay. purposely, like on like, Caddyshack or something, yeah. Smalls. And um, and no lie, they got the guy, and they were going to beat his ass, and, and they said, why'd you do it? He goes, I got a bet. I got the other guy. <laughs> he said it. And he affected the outcome. The, you know, he lost the yeah. guy that he screamed at. So there you go. That's another way you can win. Sharp. <laughs> That's why you got to get tickets to Tahoe. You got to go to that American Century <laughs> event. I'm not making this up. Wishnev, like like Todd Wishnev, heckles WNBA players. He says Todd Wishnev like anyone knows what he's talking he's about. He's going. <laughs> we only know him as a guy in the fat contest yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Wishnev, Todd. 
comma, wish. I mean, what? The, yeah. All right, let's go. All right, the herd hierarchy. You want me to count down from 10? Or you want me to I, go? Well, I want, no, uh, yes, no, because we got to go. There's no drama the at the top. We go, no, but we want to go from the top yeah. because we want to see what Fez disagrees with. Number one, herd hierarchy Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. Right. You got Kansas City one. Agreement. Oh, we're doing teams, not quarterbacks. Yes, one. Number two, 49ers. I have them fifth. All right, slow down, slow down. So fifth. Well, it's a three-way tie. Can, can, can you get a list together that you can actually tell us who you have? They're fifth. Fifth, perfect. So fifth, yes. Okay. Um, so you're down on the Niners. Mm-hmm. You've bet them under a couple times. Yes. Against McKenzie. What's your thesis? Purdy, not 100%. But they say, I mean, in practice, they're saying he's throwing the. I mean, let's just say this for someone that has Seattle for a nice chunk, I am not happy. I think Purdy's progress is about as good as any 49ers fan could have hoped for. Yeah. And maybe I haven't adjusted enough for the fact that it's been so much better than our expectations. Let's go to the source, McKenzie. What's going on? Kyle Shanahan said he could play right now. If week one was tomorrow, he'd be playing week one. All right. Next. Number three, Cincinnati Bengals. I have them three. So the same. Okay. Number four, Philadelphia Eagles. I have them two. Okay. So you're higher on the Eagles. You were down on the Eagles last year. What are you thinking? The. You're overreacting. The ability to the Super Bowl. <laughs> that third down conversion. They didn't outlaw this. You know, you can just you can just push the quarterback forward. I know some teams are going to are going to copy that, but that's those are such highly leveraged downs. Those third and fourth and ones, and they are able to pick them up again and again. That I think that their stats don't properly um, account for the fact that they always pick up the first down. Now, you said third down. What's really interesting is if they're so sure converting on fourth, they can throw before the sticks. It's third and nine. They get seven and a half yards, and they're still going for it on fourth, where the defense feels like they did something. Right, success rate would give that an unsuccessful play for yeah. Philly, but they almost have an That's automatic point. Yeah. And third and third and less than a yard, they can throw a bomb. Because they just pick it up from from midfield and fourth down. The market agrees with Fez, by the way. The Eagles, the current second favorite to win the Super Bowl, so number two according to the market. And remember, now we're getting a little technical here, but it bears saying things like stacking win totals, things like Super Bowl odds account for strength of schedule, where. Pure power, power ratings yeah. shouldn't, yeah. in theory. Okay. Number five, the Buffalo Bills. I'm fourth. All right, so let's think about this. You got them fourth. Now, Nick Wright was on the show critiquing it, I saw, and he thought, oh, he would move Buffalo down. I'm starting to think my I – mean, let's be honest. I was out front on the narrative on the Bills maybe. It's a problem. The D.C. Frazier's out. Now you got the head coach now calling plays. He should worry about game management after what happened in Kansas City. Is I kind of think we were overblowing it a little bit. And I heard a show was talking about the best defense of the league. They said Bills are the only defense in the league that if anyone gets hurt other than Vaughn Miller, it really doesn't affect them. They're so deep, hmm. you know, maybe a little less so at safety. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. That, well, they were so injured at safety last year. but And then obviously Hamlin is part of that. I, I I just wonder, are we, is it the randomness of the game? Because it's, it's like the, here's the question. Is there something wrong with the Bills? Is it just luck that Mahomes, because it's not that Mahomes and Andy Reid are that much better. They, they played, you know, the Bills were playing two years ago as good as any team in the NFL. They had a shootout to end all shootouts. 
and they scored with what was it? Thirteen. It, thirteen, or was it thirteen after the kickoff? It was thirteen. Thir- yeah. Same because they didn't more to kick it. Back, yeah. Thirteen seconds, and the team needed a field goal. Yep. It's almost impossible. Almost. And they probably win the Super Bowl if they, yep. you know, at least they'd be favorites in every game. And then you know the one. How differently would we be thinking? And that? the one thing also they they say like if there's a theme, what I've been reading a lot. Don't overreact to one playoff game. All right. Do you play 17 games? I know the play, you should wait the playoff game more, but now we got a case you talk about like the 13 seconds. Hey, either team could have won that game. And then you look at the Bengal game. Hey, you know, put a little asterisk the snow, well, you know, not getting the everyone footing. Everyone had the same snow. And it was on yeah, the Buffalo it, field. I, it, it's true, but but in in retrospect, you could certainly say it benefited the Bengals, and I think that that's legitimate because because good Beng- teams take advantage of things. Because like well, the Bengals couldn't couldn't protect, and then and you couldn't get you know get past the old lineman because of the bad you know um, footing. So yeah, but there's been bad weather in Buffalo for decades. I know, and no one's ever gave me the theory that the rush. I've never heard the theory the rush is hindered in a, where people were betting on that theory. Have you? Not until that game. Exactly. Yeah, so, so it sounds like we're reverse engineering. You're, you're right. You're, you're probably right. But 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 all that said, Buffalo was a two-and-a-half-point favorite at Cincinnati and a couple weeks stronger. before that. And then Hamlin got hurt. And let's be honest, that was as draining of experience over those weeks as you could have. And they had like nine snowstorms. Sorry, I'm exaggerating. I mean, they had the worst winter in the history of Buffalo. You know, that didn't help as far as draining the team, too. Scott, have you ever heard of the Peter Principle in business? No. The Peter Principle is you rise to your level of incompetence. So think about it. You get a raise, you do good. Or you get a promotion, you do good. You get another promotion, you do good. Finally, you do not so good. Do you get knocked back? No, you stay there mm-hmm. at your level of incompetence. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how Fez's stories are. When He'll keep giving you facts on something until he's won so bad we have to stop him. He would have been like, but then there was nine snowstorms. And then, <laughs> you, you, admittingly, right? I think it's a good. I, I actually, or I can the see shoveling people. snow was was a, was a big handicap for Fez last year. I don't year. think they have to. They do had that. to pick up their mail. <laughs> yeah. I remember, mean, I was arguing they can't get to Detroit. They, you know? they, they can't get to the airport. They, they, had to, they have to return their VHS tapes. Yeah. And I mean, who's going to do that? And one of them got a fine for not rewinding. <laughs> and he argued about it. Punched the guy. Were those the X-rated tapes? Luckily, he had big gloves on, so it didn't. Uh, <laughs> All right, the Bills in 2022, McKenzie tells us, versus good offenses, 2-6-1 and one against the spread versus bad. Is this morally good or bad? I mean, top and bottom half. Oh, okay. How did you do this? DVOA. If top and bottom half? Yeah, and it's actually expanded from 2018 where this has been a very consistent trend for them. Okay, so what do we got? Give, give us the wrapped-up trend. So since 2018. Versus top 16 offenses by DVOA, they're 14-22-1 ATS. Uh, sorry, let me do this. 14, 22 and 1 ATS. Okay, not good. Now, versus the bottom half of the league, 33, 16 and 1. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's Fez, I think that's over 67%. The third. It is, yeah. You think? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's 14 and 22, McKenzie? Give me the numbers there. 14, 22 and 1. Yeah, but what's the percentage? Mm-hmm. Seven eighteenths. Seven eighteens, exactly. What? 39%. Okay, not good. What do you think of that, AJ? Front runners. Yeah. Bullies, like you like to call them. No. They don't run the ball. They're too, they're too Nancy-pantsy <laughs> they up lose front. No, shootout. I'm just saying they, be, they beat up on the teams that are, that are weak yeah, on offense. They lose shootouts. I, I do think there's another factor with, with Buffalo. At some point, Josh Allen started playing his true nature. 
right? We all know you, if it's a weight loss thing, if it's someone's mad at the wife or the wife's mad at them and they got to act differently, you can do it for so long and then the true nature comes out. And what do you think Josh Allen's true nature is? He's a gunslinger, a gunslinger who's not very accurate. Mm. And, I mean, if you look at it, he has amazing physical skills. That's why he was drafted so high. He somehow, with the trainer and the, the patience of the Bills, became an accurate passer. But you give him success, he defaults to his – you know, poker players are like this. You go broke once, you're not playing those marginal hands. You're not calling two raises with queens. You know, whatever it is. But, boy, you start losing a little bit or you start winning a little bit. All of a sudden, a couple drinks – I never know what to do with the queens against the rays and the re-rays. Push. But you you don't are you troubled by Josh Allen? No. What, does is it interesting? Like I think I mean do I think Josh Allen is Patrick Mahomes? No, but I think he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. And it, but so. that's not the question. The question is is he overrated or underrated? Because it feels like what we saw, it wasn't just arbitrary. Mackenzie, give me his splits during like find the break point that makes my point. But let's look at his splits last year. Like the only quarterback I'd rather have in the NFL than. Oh, but that, we know that. We know that. That's not the. Where question. is he rated? Like if he, so, I don't know what the the consensus on Josh Allen. I think he's probably rated about. So, I I have him rated about what the what the so consensus let's get, is. Let's get something straight. You're a fan of the Bills, right? Yeah. I'm not asking you as a handicapper. I'm asking as a fan. I, you watch the games, right? Every game. Did you see a trend that at a certain point in the fourth quarter, I think it was against Green Bay, yeah. Josh Allen threw two Josh Allen was sloppy with the ball, particularly in the second half of last year, late in games specifically. Exactly. That seems to be him becoming more of his true nature. That in no way is worth a conversation to you. I mean, it is, but it's also the Bills have these leads in the, in the second half because Josh Allen slings the ball around and scores all the touchdowns in the first half. But not in the playoffs. No. Any thoughts on the Bills? I don't think that they take a step back as opposed to— So they lose in the first round. <laughs> yeah. But with the idea that, all right, well, maybe their window is closed or it's closing and they're taking a step back, I agree with what you said before about their defense. They're stacked. And if Von Miller is going to be healthy, signing Leonard Floyd is a big boost to that pass rush as well. I think they are just as loaded as they've been. I see no reason why they aren't going to win the AFC East. I was I had gotten a little bit bearish on Buffalo, but honestly, the like the Joe Burrow injury makes me feel like I I trust the Bills more than the Bengals going into this season now. So Josh Allen, after his second year, it was a Daniel Jones ask make or break third season for him. So, but in 2018, it was his second season. His turnover. Uh, worthy play rate, which is a PFF stat, was 5.1% of his throws. Okay? Should have been a turnover. The next year's breakout year, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right about this? No, 20, 2020 was the breakout okay. year. Okay. So his first year, he was 5.1. Second year, he was 4.0. These are 4% of the plays should yep. have been turnovers by their assessment. 3.4, his, then 3.4, lower and lower. Last year, 4.2. So the second highest of his career last year. But AJ says, nothing to see here. Keep moving. Is that fair? No. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, the numbers are the numbers. He, he's he's, that, a, there we go. he's risky with the ball. But I, I, do you want him to but play like Kenny but Pickett? He's, but he's riskier with the ball now than he was before. Do you want him to play like Mac Jones where he doesn't take chances? Like, that, that's no way to win. 
Does Sean, um, I'm sorry, does McDermott have, did he glom on for any Super Bowls anywhere? Or he has zero? No, zero. Like even as like a position coach? No. He, didn't he coach for the Patriots at some point? Um, he, he might have, have a position. He might have got one off of Bill. Yeah, okay. All right. Win something. No Super, no Super Bowls. Yeah. He had two NFC championships with the Eagles. He's like almost 60 years old, right? He's almost 50 years old. Yeah, he coached the Eagles his whole career. He's coached a lot. Well, in Carolina, Carolina for a while. He's not even 50 yet. He's he's coached a long time, decades, multiple decades. Can't get a win. Started as the uh, assistant to the head coach in 2001 with the Eagles. Was he ever? He was never with the Patriots. Nope. Yeah, he's a loser. <laughs> uh, so week 12 to the end of the season. Oh, McKenzie's doing a good job here. <laughs> Do you smile? I like how this conversation started with RJ saying, I've maybe been too hard on the Bills. And now he's like doing everything he can to shit on them. No, him. it's just, it seems like you're denying just I'm not, obvious. I'm not, I don't, like, to me, you like. Got, do you want him to be like Kenny Pickett? No, this is the thing with the with our fandom. I, when the Bills stink, I don't get sad. I don't really care. Because it's been beat out of you. Yes, it has. It's a fact. So, like, when the Steelers are no good, you're like, you're depressed. The the Pirates got no good, and you were like, I don't even care about them anymore. No, no, no. Like, I'm I'm just— Let's get something straight. Let's get something straight. The Pirates have been a systemic effort to circumvent the system to make money and screw the fans over. I don't take part in that myself. Nice ballpark, though. Yes, if you want to (laughs) relax. All right. Now, Pittsburgh, I don't know if you know this— they won no a losing Bowl. seasons. Hold on a second. They won a Super Bowl in 1979-80. Right? That was the fourth one. Man, the next I, year— I remember it like I wasn't born, so give me more history lessons on ancient that, Greece. It's the Super Bowl era. Okay. Terry Bra- You know Terry Bradshaw? I, uh, yeah. He's still on the TV, the television, because of these games. Joe Namath comes on TV sometimes. Anyway, you do realize you're making my point— your point was the Steelers never have a downtime or that I never have faith in a team. But now I'm going to finish my story, if you will start talking. Is the next year, it was one for the thumb in 81. I remember I had the T-shirt. Didn't get one for the thumb. 82, 83, 84, none. 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. Finally, Chuck Noll retires. It was a slow fade right around there. Then Bill Cowher, kind of jaw, he was like 38. He just played with Kansas City. Goes to the Super Bowl 95. Finally, the Cowboys, they can't beat us. They beat us. It was crushing. Michael Irvin with the offensive pass interference, I still remember. Bam, Bam, Bam Bigelow, whatever his name. Bam Bam Morris. Oh, he was slow. Wasn't that the Neil, Neil O'Donnell? O'Donnell was like walling back. He, he was almost like oscillating he with threw his. Threw it right to that. We had the biggest shoulder pads in history. He was like Dan Fouts walling back. And like oh. offensive lineman shoulder pads. <laughs> so another loser. I'm still there. I'm still terrible towel. It's getting a little musty, but it's still there. <laughs> and then we know what's happened. The bus drove into Detroit. Well officiated game. There's our fifth. Yeah. One for the thumb finally. The whole Here t- we go. I was there the whole time, buddy. Yeah. So you call me a fair weather fan. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. No, that's what you said. No, I'm saying there you you have an emotional attachment. You, I do. I don't. Because when I was a little kid, the Bills never won. So I I never got the expectation that they were gonna win. So you like telling me how your team sucks. Okay. They suck. they've never won. What was your thought going into the fourth Super Bowl? Oh, I, that was optimism. The, no, God, no. <laughs> and honestly, the mistake that I made was 
that Chiefs game, mm-hmm. I thought they were going to win. Oh, with 13 seconds, you yeah. should believe it. I, I, no, no, it wasn't even 13. It wasn't, I mean, in that game, though, I thought they were going to win. I Like, I had this moment of like, man, this would be nice. <laughs> and then, of course, they fucked it off. <laughs> so last year, when the, when the Bengals beat them, whatever. It, I didn't, it didn't bother me a bit. I, didn't, I slept like a baby you, that night. You don't even have to mortar kick if you just hold all the receivers on the line of scrimmage you win also. Because that like rule's seven, changed, though, Fats. It, Even back then it was changed. It, 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 it's changed, but for, for back-to-back plays. You can get away with it for one play. How do you know every way to snake a situation? But I do. I it's do. like your name's what I do. <laughs> like, usually it'd be like, how do you save families from these terrible situations? It's what I do, ma'am. We're the place for it. <laughs> how do you cheat and steal? Just just what I Follow me. Comes natural. <laughs> but I always say, do you want to be against them or for, with them? I mean, it's been, it's it's a morally it's a tough choice, but I want to be with him. Josh Allen, since week twelve on, was the twelfth best quarterback by EPA. That's not good. No, it was what's, a down year for him. What's worse is Herbert was thirteenth. Yep, his receivers were hurt. His receivers. Were hurt. That's that's like Derek Carr, right there. In in a in a bad Derek Carr year. Yeah. All right. So do you want to bet that Josh Allen or uh, or Justin Herbert will have a better EPA than Derek Carr this year, Fez, since they're the same guy? Ooh, he's coming at you, Fez. They're Derek Carr. Why not bet it? Right? He didn't say they were the same guy. He I'll, said, I'll oh, give you either oh, one of them. Hold on. He said the performance say, was— Say the bet he again. Said, he said the performance was Derek Carr-like. If, if Justin Herbert or Josh Allen have both a— the, he, Both of them have a chance to beat it? Yeah, both of them. Either one. If, if, <laughs> if Derek Carr outperforms either one of them by EPA, you win. All right. I might do it, too. Okay. Let's go. By EPA. Let's go. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? So it would have to be what, 75% each? Uh, 71%, yeah. Okay. What do you put the odds at? This is interesting. It's, it, it's close enough that I'm willing to make the bet. It's probably, it's probably accurately priced. How did he do that? What, what happens if they tie? They won't. Push. There's three decimal points on EPA. That's, that's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and some people when they read it, they go, "Yes, EPA per play zero point one four six." All right, let's continue down the hierarchy. Number six, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh, I have them tenth. And that was his big kind of statement with saying Jacksonville is competitive for the number one seed because of strength of schedule. And they're getting a lineman back week five, so I got him lower because mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. number seven, the Miami Dolphins. I got him ninth. Ooh, that's low, isn't it? Probably. Who do you got, like, right above them? It's real close. <laughs> Herbert and the Chargers. Oh, how's this? Let's go heads up. Those two. What's the win total? Let's look at the win total. They're, they're, they're the same. They're both 9.6. Boy, I like, well, I guess Ramsey's injury looks worse. December, they're saying. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. I'm looking to see if there's a matchup bet on DraftKings between the Dolphins and the I guess, uh, yeah, because that one's going to be pick them. Right? I mean, that'd be a good one to have. Yeah, it would be, but they didn't. most of them are mismatched. Nah, only Dolphins-Bills matchup. Uh, okay, number eight, the Dallas Cowboys. I have Dallas six. I'm getting bullish on Dallas. I am too, actually. But you're bullish on Philly. I am. So there's a site that does a lot of um, analytics for soccer. And I always like those because, in general, soccer is ahead. European soccer is ahead of uh, American football when it comes to uh, analytics. I mean, oh, is that they, right? I mean, they just got a lot of money in that those leagues. And there's a site called, and I don't know how to pronounce this, it's Opta, O-P-T-A, I think, um, analysts. But they have an interesting little thing, which is they grade every play 
based upon the expectations of the rest of the league on that play. So if it's fourth and two, what's the odds? There, how many yards is an average team going to get? How many yards do you get? The differential. Not what their average is. It's the league. Yeah. So it's trying to say what's your plus minus against the league in all these spots. And then they get a power rating off it. These are the predictions to in the NFL. And I'm going to read in order. Eagles to have the best team. Cowboys to have the second best team. Wow. Chiefs. Bills. Browns, 49ers, Dolphins, Vikings, Vikings high, Chargers, Steelers high, Seahawks. Now check who's missing here. Think about Cincinnati. Jets, Ravens, Saints, Jags, Bengals. Damn. Now they got the Bengals to win 7.9 games. Now that is not a prediction I'd put much stock in. But just the very fact that they could have that and the Ravens so low, it kind of segues to a bet I like. But the Cowboys were clear seconds, Fez, so it's not crazy. How can that be? They're not even the best team in their division. Well, they were first. <laughs> um, I heard two guys on the athletic show do their best defenses, both of them. Had Dallas is the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, a lot of people I'm respecting are, are they're picking Dallas to be able to beat Philly possibly, and they and they're not down on Philly. They they think they think Dallas, you know, and and the, the, this whole almost addition by subtraction losing Zeke, they're like, eh. but I I think to me it's the head coach becoming the play caller is a big problem. I, everyone's worried about. I mean, and apparently McCarthy. McCarthy's embraced analytics. We'll see. Well, first of all, that's already been debunked. Yes. All right. Continue. I have the Chargers-Dolphins matchup, if you want it, by the way. What is it? Chargers minus 120. Boy, I like the Dolphins there. Yeah. So, well, wait, what's the Vegas? Minus 110? The other minus 105. Minus 105? Okay, that's fair straddle. Next teams. Number nine, the Chargers. Got them eighth. Mm-hmm. And number 10, the Baltimore Ravens. I got them seventh. Seventh? Yeah. What's wrong with no, you? No, what's right with me? Baltimore's going to fade later, but they're going to be they're going to be they, they, they should be seven to start the year. They always start well, and then so they, the team with a new coordinator, new yeah. offense installed, is going to be good early. Yes, because Baltimore's always good early, and then they fade. Here's what we're going to do: we're going to end this episode here. I'm teasing across to the second episode. Ooh. I have an impromptu best bet that involves the Ravens, tangentially. Anything else, any business we need to do before we do this? All right, so the episode's already out. If you've listened to this one, the second one is. No, before we go to the second pod, you promised the Fez drunk story. We uh, don't want to leave people hanging. And this, listen, this is one I'm going to keep simple because you don't need anything except a simple description of what happened. So Fez and me, and I think it was Tom, if I remember right, we were at one of those pizza shops where, uh, what was it, Grimaldi? What was the name of that place? It was, it was Grimaldi's. Yeah. yeah. So it's down by, um, you know, uh, Green Valley Park or Green Valley Ranch across the street. Fest shows up. And I, I don't think I've ever seen him drink at this point. Maybe once. He goes, uh, give me a red wine spritzer or something. He got, <laughs> he got like, you, I think you got, actually, now I think about a white wine, but it was like a wine cooler. Right, you yeah. know, remember back in the day. Yeah, you're in the right. You're in the right. The girls would get a wine, little Seagram's wine cooler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he he downs that pretty Bartles fast. Bartles and James. It, it was like <laughs> it was like August, and Tom was in for the start of the season, and it was like Fez was thirsty. He had just rushed to meet us. He was late, and he downs it pretty fast. Like that's going to go to his head, and then he orders a second one. 
right? Fast forward five, 10 minutes, Fez is sitting there. He has a shirt so tight. You know how like you buy a shirt or the wife buys it and then you, you know, maybe put on a few pounds. She got the size a little wrong. His nipples were we're, we're protruding out of this shirt. In are, a you, way. are you fat shaming me? It, no, I'm talking about how you had erect nipples for some reason sitting with me and Tom. Well, there were other people there. No, there really was. Uh-oh. And was the air conditioning really, yeah, maybe really well? No, no. And then two white wine spritzers. That's what Frankie Pantangeli had in Godfather <laughs> 2, remember? Yeah. He goes, what are they? Champagne cocktail. <laughs> and... Um, He's telling these crazy stories about girls in his high school. and <laughs> None of them talked to him? No. <laughs> it was like stalking girl. I mean, it was like, not stalking, but let's just say if anyone overheard it. So I'm in the tree outside her window. <laughs> <laughs> her dad comes out with a shotgun. And I but said, I was, oh, buddy. I was quick enough to say I was with the fire department. <laughs> now, you did a fez there. The, 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 the out the window, that was it. You should have let the laughter just ring on. Instead, nah. But I love okay. that. That was, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> you keep going until we start laughing. I apologize. Fez, what were the topics? Do you remember the topics? None whatsoever. But you remember in hindsight you were embarrassed by them. I just remember I probably should have stopped after one wine spritzer. <laughs> so the lesson, kids, once you're of age... One white wine spritzer, fine. Two, an embarrassment that is talked about years later. <laughs> All right, now on to the second episode.